Welcome back to Down the Slope. My name's Ewan and I'm hosting as unfortunately it seems like Specky's got lost in Switzerland. Nah, I think he's just there. Uh, I think he's just making up for lost time. Is he coming? I don't know if he's coming up for the game on Wednesday night. But I am joined other than that by a full house of Ryan, Greg and Liam. How are we doing today, gents? Yeah, not bad. All good, mate. All good. Excellent. Good stuff. Right, so Hibs, since we last spoke, uh, there was a small matter of a 2-2 draw in Luzerne and Switzerland, which seen us through to, as Robbie Nielsen would coin it, a money-spinning tie uh, against Aston Villa in Europa League. And we also progressed in the League Cup and we got drawn against St Mirren. Um, right, let's get straight into the bulk of it. I'm sure we're more interested in talking about the Luzerne game than the Rafe Rovers game. But Liam... Just how much was your arse going pre kickoff and then up until Ellie Yuan's goal in the in the in the second leg there? I don't, I don't really feel like I want to talk about my bowel movements live <laughs> on YouTube. To be quite honest, um, I was uh, I was I was a bit of a nervous wreck on Thursday night. Um, clearly, I wasn't uh, fortunate enough to watch Switzerland. I was I was quite gutted about that. Um, so I was watching uh, home alone with a baby sleeping upstairs. So I was trying not to make too much noise during the game. That was quite difficult. There was a lot of jumping around. Uh, the dog thought I was particularly amusing, actually, when I was jumping up around the second goal going in. Um, but no, I was, I, I, Marsh was going all day, to be honest. It, it felt like, obviously, there was a lot There was a lot at stake. Um, and to be fair, the players, they, they absolutely delivered. So Thursday was a good night. Greg, it was obviously your birthday on Thursday, so uh, happy to turn there. Hibs done their job for you and gave you a nice wee... It's a present to look forward to this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was watching a friend show and all I could feel in my pocket was the phone vibrating like mad, um, which wasn't enjoyable. Um, uh, what's happened here? Uh, but uh, managed to catch the last sort of half hour, uh, pretty much just after they scored, and thought we defended well. Um, and obviously, the absolute chaos in the Hibs club when uh, absolutely <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Ryan, right. Hibs, were you surprised with just how much we played on the first foot, if first foot, front foot, sorry, and uh, in, in the first half? Listen, the first thing I've got to say is I thought this was one of the safe spaces I didn't have to hear about bill movements, all right? So there'll be <laughs> name out of that chat, yeah. But uh, yeah, I was actually quite surprised how uh, forward thinking we were as a team and tactically it was it was quite um, quite refreshing to see actually that we we're going to try and kill the tie off and get a goal. Um, I think I was speaking to you just before the game and you said that an early goal would be vital and it proved to be, it kind of put the impetus back onto them. We had something to defend, they had something to chase. Um, and again, with the inconsistencies uh, or the tactics and stuff like that, Johnson got it got it correct this week, uh, well, midweek anyway. So I'm happy enough to slate him. I need to give him a wee bit of praise for, for what he done there midweek. Uh, the only criticism is I thought he sat in just a little bit too early, um, maybe five, ten minutes early, because um, it just invited that bit of pressure. But we've seen the job out. Second goal was I didn't even move, man. I was like pure shocked. Like didn't see, <laughs> didn't really see it coming. It was what, like a breakaway attack, and Martin Boyle showed great legs to keep up and you know make a good run into the box and give Elu an option. But the two of them, uh, that goal was that uh, was phenomenal. Yeah, Liam, you uh, I noticed that 
you've now got a, a cult following on Twitter. But if Ellie Yuan, uh, Ellie Yuan scores uh, a goal, then uh, the Twitter following demands the picture. But was that that first goal just Ellie Yuan at his best and most decisive? I know it takes a wee de- takes a wee deflection, but he's sort of quick in his action to to shift it and get his shot away. I it probably wasn't it's something close to his best, and I think you know. I said very, very early on last season that he was a great footballer and poor decision-maker. And I, I still sort of stand by that because I think more often than not, unfortunately, I think he takes a, the wrong or questionable decision. But I think we are seeing that improve a wee bit over his time at the club so far. Um, mm-hmm. But he was, he was, what he did, what his action for both goals was terrific. And I think yes. the thing that helped him with both goals is, in my mind, he made his decision early. Yeah, Knew absolutely. what he was going to do. And probably follow tactical instruction as well. Um, you know, I do think it's difficult for players to, when they come to a new country where they don't know the language sometimes to maybe follow that tactical instruction right to the key. But I thought, I for, for, for as part of both goals was pivotal, and I think that's ultimately you see why the club spent money in the summer to bring him in. Because yeah. to be honest, based on these two actions, there he's probably paid for his transfer fee. Yeah, no, I think well, the prize money do. I think it's going to cover the UN transfer. People are saying the prize money, I think, likelihood from the TV coverage and stuff, uh, the Aston Villa game might go quite a bit to cover the sort of any transfer fee as well. Greg, Liam, Liam talks about UN's decision-making. Jane, that second goal that we scored in, in Switzerland, for me, he has been just a little bit more direct, even in the early stages of this season, maybe than what he wasn't last year. You know, I think we've seen it in the Andorran game when he was maybe on the right-hand side. Yeah, I think... Um... A lot of it comes down to confidence. You know, he's got, he's ultimately got the confidence to wait on the guy getting back in position, and then burning him and, mm-hmm. and put that ball in an area that Martin Boyle's run onto. So, I think it is is decision making is improving, absolutely. Um, but look, he is he is a frustrating player at times. But that's just him. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's just what you get really you on every week. So, he will make mistakes like like everyone does. But I think because he's such a a good player when he's at it. Um, I think you maybe expect that a little bit more from him. Yeah, Ryan, you mentioned we, we maybe sat in a little bit, a little bit too early, but that second goal did come from earlier and sort of being down through the middle. Would, is, is there an argument to say that Lee Johnson got his spot on in the second half, or do you like do you yeah, feel like just brought them on too much? Listen, he's the Hibs manager, and I'm sitting in my my dining room <laughs> telling telling you that his tactics were wrong. So, um, no, I'd. He obviously got it right in the end, but I mean, just at the time, it made me a wee bit fearful that we were sitting back too much. We're conceding set pieces. Uh, we'd already conceded a sloppy goal, in my opinion. The goal that we conceded was really poor. Again, it comes from ball watching, but um, just on what you're saying there about LU, and I think um, the awareness that he showed and realised that I need to square this ball to a runner, he showed a great speed of thought, which is important in this game. It's one thing having pace, but you need to be quick upstairs as well, so... I think he's grown massively in the time that he's been here. Um, he's always had the technical ability to beat a man and he's got the pace, but it's more the decision-making in the thought process that's improved um, from what I've seen. But as for the tactically, obviously, just at the time in it, your emotions get the better and you think, shit, this is too early, but uh, it all worked out in the end. And as you say, the goal comes from a great breakaway and that may not have happened if we, we weren't kind of sitting in so much, we had the space to go and attack that. So, yeah, it was good to see. There was definitely nerves in the second half, especially after Luzerne scored. I know I think I said to you guys that if they did get a second, it felt inevitable that they would get a third. So 
that 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 real piece of quality from you and the hold up play to sort of shrug the guy off, albeit he sort of stopped into thinking it was a foul, but um it really obviously eased it and we sort of seen him the rest of the game through pretty comfortably and if anything I thought if there was gonna be another goal after that it maybe actually would have been ourselves going on to win the game three two. Um Liam Johnson's spoke about how big a result it was in the context of the club's sort of recent European history. Um is it the biggest over two legs um in in, in our lifetimes? Uh, well probably not my lifetime given my lifetime extends <laughs> a bit further back than the than you, you lot. Um I think I think there's there's yeah there's an argument to say in the last what certainly in the last decade last twenty years I think it's probably the biggest biggest result um, in, in, in terms of European football. I, I'm kind of I, I, it's it's an interesting thing to kind of I suppose compare it against. I think I think the the difference I suppose with this result is what it means commercially for the club. You yeah, know, we're talking about seven hundred thousand pounds of guaranteed income. Um, you know the fixture obviously that comes after is massive commercially but it's massive in terms of status as well um, yeah. you know I'm not I'm not one of these guys who totally fanboys the English Premier League all the time and wax is lyrical about the standard of that league it's just, it's just it's just not it's just not who I am but um, Aston Villa are a very good side and they've got a very good coach and I think their status will probably if they if they continue going the trajectory that I think they're going at the moment I think their status as a club will, will only kind of improve so I think it's for me, it's a, I suppose it's the kudos a wee bit as well as the actual the actual fixture itself. I think also, you know, being honest, like cards on the table, a lot of fans are really looking forward to it because it's Birmingham and it's a very accessible away yeah. day for a lot of people in European football. Which, yeah. you know, financially at the moment, for a lot of people going to Switzerland or going to Andorra or going to, you know, whatever other country, you know, fucking Kazakhstan, you know, if you're unlucky enough to draw yeah. a Kazakh team. Um, it's just not doable. So actually, Birmingham becomes a bit more accessible, and I think that's attractive to a lot of people. Yeah. See, um, so Greg, I'm maybe just pose that same question to you. In my mind, only result that would potentially rival it would be the, obviously the Asteras game um, under New Lennon. Am I right in saying this is a stage on from from what the Asteras game was? I think that was the second qualifying round. Um, but maybe back then there wasn't a playoff. I think it was just one, two, three. Um, does it does it beat that for you? Yeah, I'd have to say so. To be honest, I think in terms of quality team, probably not a lot in it, but I do I do think it edges it. Um, I was very worried after the first 20 minutes of the first leg, I thought that we'd take a bit of hiding. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but to sort of win the first leg 3-1 and then go away and get a good result away from it, it's massive for the club and I think it's it's difficult comparing results, you know, when it's different different teams and whatever. But in my lifetime, I can only think of of another one that was as big yeah. as that. Especially when you probably know what the I think I think knowing what the what the prize was, if you like, yeah. after <laughs> it was like I think Ellie Yuan said that in his interview after the game as well that. Was quite honest and said that he ha- he absolutely had thought about the Aston the potential of playing Aston Villa afterwards and normally we get players going on oh, we just think one game at a time but yeah, I mean, that's, that's not entirely you, realistic is it? If you're saying that you're lying to yourself um, you tell me Joe Neal's not thought about playing Aston Villa <laughs> or, or it's not even been mentioned that, that, that's surely the team thought before the game is listen we get to this we've got Aston Villa away. Yeah. 
Um, once I might be crossing over some uh, listener questions here, but how big a result was that for Lee Johnson? You know, like to get over the two legs, especially maybe not just over in Switzerland. Obviously, <laughs> the Hibs fan base. Um, being a Hibs fan, you go from one extreme to the other. You know, like the two league games this season have obviously been a bit of a disaster, but the European stuff's been all good, minus the the the, the opening game, obviously. Um, does does this little European run automatically buy him more time? Like? So automatically buy him more time. Um, probably. Um, honest answer. Probably. Uh, not. Um, yeah, I think you could make arguments for and against whether it should buy him more time. But I think the the reality of it is it gives us the option to dip back into the transfer market um, and maybe bring another one or two players that we wouldn't have been able to bring in had we not progressed. And therefore, I think that in itself can buy managers time because ultimately it gives them a bit more uh, opportunity to sort of roll out a system that they're trying, they're trying, to, trying to run with. Um, I don't know. I, I think it probably does buy them more time. It probably buys them a bit of good grace from the support as well, mm-hmm. which I think is something that can't be overlooked. The importance of because whilst ultimately these are boardroom decisions, I think fan sentiment plays a huge part in those boardroom decisions because fan yeah. sentiment ultimately is a real driver for commercial revenue. Yeah, um, right. We're going to go a little bit not in chronological order because obviously there was a game yesterday, um, but we're going to move straight on to the Villa game just now um, as it feels. Like it's the number one subject on every Hibs fan's mind, probably for every breathing second that I Ryan, just how huge is this game? You know, Liam said it like coming up against a team in the top end of whether we like it or not, the biggest league in the world, are you probably the best? You know, you're playing a team Unai Emery's won not this competition, it's, it's the the Europa League, what, three or four times, I think, as well. So like just how big a tie is this for the club? Yeah, I think it's probably the. If you're saying that the last result was the biggest European result in our lifetime, it means that this game is the biggest European tie up there with kind of the important. The Scottish Cup obviously is, it stands by itself, but for what this can bring to the club in certain ways, it's humongous. The exposure, as Liam's talking about, the exposure it'll give us. You've now got ignorant English football fans kind of looking up who we are, what our results have been. They'll have half an idea about us now. So that in itself gives us the exposure. And um, but I think it is. It's a massive game. I mean. You know, you're playing one of the, the, the teams from the, the top echelon of English football. They've got a, a coach that's won like five European titles with two different clubs and they're buying players at 50 million and playing against Hibernian in the Europa Conference League. I mean, that only can stand us in good stead. And what, what I want to take from this game is a bit of pride, a bit, a bit of self-respect and a wee bit of passion, you know. Um, I don't think we can ask for too much, the disparity in finance and quality, but we, we really have to just take pride and kind of Give her, give her everything, you know, and there's not much else we can do other than other than yeah. that. It's a big difference in quality. Obviously, both teams warmed up for the game, uh, dispatching championship level opposition on Sunday round. So, um, but I'm guessing you maybe watched the Villa game. What, what do you think their key strengths are? Villa. I, no, well, I, listen, listen. I've got plenty up my sleeve. I don't even want to embarrass <laughs> them lives, though. <laughs> Uh, no, listen, um, they, they're a team that like to play out from the back. They like to play through the press so they can stretch the pitch really big and create spaces for themselves further forward. They'll have their back four really deep and the keeper can play out from the back, makes the midfield press on as well so they can clip it over at their striker and they've got yards and yards of space. Uh, really effective down the sides. They play really quickly, to be honest, and everybody that's on the ball can pass. There isn't a weak passer in that team. 
the two centre halves are phenomenal on the ball. Paul, what's his name? Paul Torres just paid about forty million for him. He's dropped in the ocean. So really, really good football inside. Really quick all over the pitch. Physical too. I think they've got plenty of strings to their bow. So it'll be a very tough tie. But equally, it could be an interesting watch if we if we get a bit of fight and a bit of well here. Yeah, look, I think we'll all probably have slightly different opinions on the game, so I'm just going to ask the same question to both Liam and Greg. Um, Greg, I'll come to you first. What, what do you expect, you expect on Wednesday night and, and over the two the two legs? Um, well, first of all, I'm expecting quite an aggressive Hibs performance, I would say. You know, you need, to, you need to try and do everything in your power to give yourself an advantage to go to Villa Park. I'm not one that's going to sit here and say, oh, you know, I'm... Well, we're definitely going out. It's not decided as of yet. So let's um, turn up on on Wednesday, give a good show, and I think I think we probably need to be need to be aggressive. You know, they've got a few players that, that maybe won't, won't fancy that. Pau Torres is definitely one of them coming for La Liga, which isn't a physical league at all. And um, he's been chucked in the deep end because of Tyler Mings injury. So listen, John McGill know what to expect. That's fine, but. We do need to be aggressive and we do need to get at them. Um, there's no point sitting in and trying to pick holes yeah. because they're a, they are a very good side. Same question to yourself then. What do you expect over the two legs? Maybe uh, more <coughs> like what Greg's been from the Hibs side of things? Uh, I, think, I, think, I think what we'll try and do is try and hit them in wide areas. Uh, I, think, I think we'll look to try and clip the ball around the two full-backs who, who do play pretty high. Uh, you know, as do kind of most fullbacks in the Premier League. But I think Matty Cash and Lucadinha are both very good to going forward. Um, I'm not sure that Lucadinha in particular is a, a kind of elite level defender. Um, like it's going to be very, very difficult because he's obviously a very good player. But I do, I do wonder if, there, if there's an area we can get at them. I think that's it. But we are going to have to be really combative. We're, we're going to have to snap in the challenges. I think we're going to have to probably pick up some, uh, some bookings. Probably stopping them on the break and things like that. We're probably going to have to do the dark arts very, very well to have a chance over the two legs. Um, but I think ultimately, if I'm being honest, I just think the first 90 minutes for me is just all about keeping it as tight as possible. Yep. Uh, I just don't, like, we, we, we can't open up too early against them. Um, I think that would cause us real problems. And we're going to have to be very small, C conservative across both games, in all honesty, yeah. but in, uh, across the first 90 minutes in particular. Um, it's going to be very, very difficult for us. I know that we are going to have times. I kept on hearing someone say, use the word suffering when you describe when you've not got the ball. I was watching the Women's World Cup final yesterday. Right. And like, <laughs> you've got to suffer. I'm like, you're not suffering. You're just spending time out of possession. That's another bit of football speak. And it needs to get to fuck. Um, you're, you're, just, you're just without possession. And I think yeah. we will see that a lot on Wednesday and again on Thursday. Do you think as a fan base, we really need to? Because you can say we need to be patient this that, and the next thing. You know you're playing against this like top opposition. That, let's be honest, they are probably the favourites for the entire competition, regardless of the fact they've not even qualified for it yet. As a fan base, we need to be patient. You know, We need to accept that we are probably going to be sitting in. And it's like we've seen it maybe against Celtic and Rangers at times. We'll talk, we'll say all of that, and it'll be 20 minutes in and we'll go, we've even had a fucking shot here. I think we need to be realistic is what we need to be. Yeah. Um, we need to be realistic and set, set, our, set our expectations accordingly. Um, you know, Aston Villa are probably a league or two above Celtic, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And, we've, and we've, taken, we've taken some, some maybe not doings in terms of scoreline, but in terms of, you know, how the game's gone well. Maybe one in Parkhead last season that we'd rather forget. Um, 
know what I mean? No, I, it, will, it, will, it will be really tough. Um, and they're, they're a very well coached team as well, which I think is really important. You know, I don't think Unai Emery is the kind of coach who's going to come in and take this slightly. You look at his record in European football, which I'm sure he's very, very proud of, given the yeah. success he's had. He'll, I don't think he'll leave too many stones unturned in finding out about our weaknesses. He'll make sure his team's properly prepped. And that's that's the way of modern football now. It's more difficult to cause upsets in a lot of respects because teams really know and understand quite a lot about you, even if you are a kind of so-called kind of smaller club. Mm. Yeah, I um, I don't expect them to make too many changes to their starting eleven for that reason. I think Emery, Villa have probably hired Emery on the back of his European pedigree. You know, he, he done. I think he'd done a good job at Arsenal. You know, but ultimately it would probably be viewed as thing. You know, um, so I would imagine it's the, it's what he done at Sevilla and stuff like that that they got him the job. So I wouldn't expect him to make many changes to their strongest eleven. And probably from their point of view, they probably want to get it done this leg, don't they? And then rest rest the players in the second leg. So I expect a strong Villa team to come up. And I think Hibs are Hibs are going to have to suffer, Liam. You're right. <laughs> um, now, but Greg, you you mentioned his name, um, so I'm going to come to you. And I know this has probably been annoying you the chat about it anyway. But John McGinn obviously does return. To Easter Road, um, for the first time since 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 he left, um, what 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 do we actually all think he's sort of the the reaction's going to be, and what's your thoughts on said reaction, Greg? It's really annoying, to be honest. <laughs> it is. It's like, oh, John McGinn this and John McGinn that, and how long will he leave? When he was summer. Just... I think it was the summer of 2018, I think, yeah. Right. Time to move on. It wasn't even, he came for St. <clears throat> played a few seasons, albeit very well, left, got us good money. It's like, I don't really understand the fan mm-hmm. around around that people got about it. Like, do, you know, do you know what? He's coming back to do his job. He's, he's playing for his club now against us. Like, that's just what happens. Like, I'm just, I'm just really not, not sure why there's such a big, big thing about it. But. Uh, do you know, like, he might, he, it looks like he's probably <coughs> never going to get the move and secure us that sell-on fee, so maybe just a couple of goals will get us the millions of pounds we need. Liam Ryan, do you have any differing views on that from Greg, or are you very much of the same sort of train of thought? I'm completely the same as Greg. I think once a player leaves, that's it. He's done his time at that club. You might have a bit of sentiment for a couple of weeks after them leaving, but I mean, there comes a point where you've got to move on and focus on the players you do have. Do you know what I mean? Like, Jesus, if we supported the players, we've got half as much as well. Because like splitting up with a bird, isn't it? Like a couple of weeks and you're all right, man. Back on Tinder, eh? uh, I'm not getting my teeth right. But no, no. Listen, see if see if we back the players. We've got half as much as like people have been John McGinn in the last week or so. Jesus Christ, half of them would be thriving right now. I think I think I have a different view, and my different view is founded on I think the kind of personality that he is. I think if he had the contribution that he had for Hibs across these seasons and wasn't the person that he is, I don't think we would really bat an eyelid. Yeah. But I think uh, the sort of character he would appear to be, and I think still the esteem that he holds this club, and I think. Yeah, he wasn't here for kind of the long, long term, but I can understand why people hold him in such high regard. I think maybe some of the sort of marketing and what have you is a bit OTT, but it's got lots of impressions. So actually people in the social media team are probably thinking they've done a really good job in terms of that. So fair play to them. You've got to play uh, it, don't you? Nah, and it, it does. You know, probably some of his most interactive with tweets are John McGinn related, even when he's 
you know, not played for the club for five years or so. <laughs> I, I, I do, I do think there is that that for me. Um, you know, I hope he has two absolutely shocking games. You know, I hope mm-hmm. he's absolutely dreadful on both legs. Uh, however, I can't see it. Right, this will be this will get this will get the exact. Well, I'm, I'm if not Hibs are winning, if Hibs, I said I said this is, such, this is sort of what I was going to say, yeah. right? So if Hibs are, I don't know, doesn't matter the score line, but John McGinn gets subbed off. Um, he's not done anything controversial or anything like that. Are you giving him a wee clap or are you no uh, giving him a wee clap? Of course, no. Of course, any player that comes back that hasn't had any bad blood with the club gets a good reception. If they've done their service and done it well, they deserve it. So absolutely. You, so I, I, listen, I, unless he goes and scores a hat trick, I'm going to clap him. Like, right. Greg? Um, I'm going to clap him if he doesn't do anything meaningful in the game. <laughs> like, he's not getting one. Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't understand it. Liam? This, this is the most tedious conversation we've had on this podcast since <laughs> uh, <laughs> a few minute segment on plastic touches. That's true. Just move on. Just answer the question. Uh, no, uh, where, where? So Liam, Liam's, Liam's mentioned Luca Dina as he, he's left back, isn't he? So that would be Martin Boyle's side of the pitch. Greg, do, do you see any other way that that Hibs can sort of go out and and you, you said you're not going to assuming that we're going to go out, so. Where do you see us having our joy? Is it purely on you, Adam Boyle? Um, I think you need to probably need to be a little bit more direct. I think if you start playing through the midfield uh, too much and try to be very clever in there, you'll get found out and, and, and punished very quickly. I think you maybe need to be that little bit more direct. But don't just always go direct, switch up and, and go down the flanks. And look, try and back your players to beat the man. Like, like a Dean's defensively not, not great, I would say. Um, his attributes are pretty much all going forward. Um, I'm not saying he's a, a horrific defender, but I think he's a big guy. Like Ellie Yuan's got, got bags of tricks and skills, so I'm sure he can find something to get past Matty Cash. But yeah, I don't, I don't think we should be playing out for the back, and their, their press is very good. There's no way we're going to be playing through that. Yep. Ryan, where, where do you see how the Hibs could potentially? Have some joy uh, on on Wednesday night. Nearly said Thursday night. I'm sorry. It is Thursday night, is it no? <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much along the same lines as what Greg said. Although they scudded Everton yesterday, the the openings that Everton did create was through the wide areas. Whenever they got down the sides, Everton ultimately didn't do too much damage because they don't really play any wide players. With the system they've got there now, but yeah, I think the Matty Cash is a converted winger. Right? He started off as a winger, so. That points to the obvious fact that he's better going forward. He's he's um, not exactly the best defender in the world. He'll do his job, etc. But he's he's in the team to go forward. And likewise on the other side, Luca Dean's great with set pieces, good good crosses of the ball, fairly quick. But again, his positioning can be a wee bit questionable at times. And um, he's not the most physical. Um, and he, yeah, he's the two fullbacks are there to be got at. But like Greg says, you can't be one dimensional all the time in any game of football. You have to change it up. You have to be unpredictable. Yep. So, Liam, if there was one player out with you, Adam Boyle, that needs to be a, a standout in your mind that would really drive Hibs to, to a positive result, whatever that may be, um, who would that player be for you? David Marshall, probably, in all honesty. Did we see him back to his best in Switzerland? I don't know about that, but but he will need, he will need to probably pull off 
a dozen saves across the two legs if we're going to have any chance if I'm being, if I'm being frank um, it'll need to be probably David Marshall against Barcelona when he made his mm. European debut for Celtic kind of levels of performance yeah. I mean we're talking about these players not being particularly good defenders they're not particularly good defenders at English Premier League level let's be serious like they're still yeah. Yeah. Like we're, having, we're having to really work at trying to find a, an angle here um, but they are, they, are, they are very very good players Um right through the midfield, right through the team attack. I mean, Ollie Watkins is probably one of the sort of five, six best lone centre-forwards in the Premier League at the moment. Um, they are, the, the team is absolutely stacked and they've got the best goalie in the world as well, probably. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're fucking toiling here, like, to be honest. To be fair. Like, oh, my was a winger. I mean, <laughs> hey, we're trying to get right listener... Trying to get listener content here, but no. Also, also, just to add on to that, they've got two wingers that played for Leverkusen in the Champions League. They just spent forty million on Diaby, who is an absolute baller, by the way. Leon Bailey's back to his best; he's fit again now. Tillemans and Douglas Luiz in midfield, like they're, they're as Liam says, they're stacked in every position. Like, do you know what? Let's just end the pod here, man. We're fucked. I think someone said <laughs> I, 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 someone looked at the value of their transfer squad, and it was like nigh on six hundred million pound. Yeah, it doesn't surprise squad. Um, and not, not in their squad, sorry, in their starting 11. 600 million worth of value in their starting 11. Um, I was just probably something, you know, I would imagine based on that in the region of sort of 15 to 20. You know, their commercial revenue Aye. for mm. 2021 season was 180 million, it was 11 million. I mean, there's there's light years between the two clubs financially and on the pitch, but ultimately it's 11 versus 11 on the day and it's going to be very, very difficult, but... Nothing. That's twenty twenty. Their turnover will be even higher now because we're in the championship. Uh, right now. Uh, right. but no, nah, not that season. They wouldn't have been. They'd have been in the Premier League, but they are. I mean, they are. A, they're, a, they're a club that's moving in the right direction. Right then, so after all that, really happy reporting on. Give a score prediction, Ryan. It's all about the day out, man. Next week <laughs> is all about the day out. Score An hour after thing. everyone finishes work. Aye, and uh, school prediction for, for Wednesday, yeah? Yes. Um, oh. No, no. Okay, Greg? <laughs> Scraper 1-0. Hebs? Yeah. Uh, Scraper 1-0 uh, Villa. <laughs> William? Uh, 3-1 Villa. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to... Air with air with the brain, uh, two 0 Villa. I think they get Nellies, man. And ah, after, after, well, that's pathetic for you, Phil. Like, you, 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 Joe McGill coming. Oh, John, hiya, John. How you doing, John? <laughs> 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 right, well, in, be, in between the two European games, obviously there was the matter of a League Cup game. Uh, Hibs won our first domestic game of the season, uh, competitive wise. Anyway, um, Greg, there was loads of changes yesterday. Um, wasn't glamorous, but we got the job done. Um, wasn't glamorous is a bit of a, a kind sentiment, I would say. Um, at one point we couldn't even get our own half. That, that was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Jago, what a player. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's unacceptable for their goal, by the way. There's good people in there maybe starting to realise that he's not all that um, because that was dreadful. Um, Dylan Venti bailed us out. 
and then went down holding his face. Nothing wrong with him. Get up, get on with it. Yeah, the only to go on the two real shining lights were Harbottle and Megler. Um, Tony came on at half time and we became a better team, but other than that, we, we really were not great at all. We were really poor at times and we really struggled against Ray Trovers. So. To be honest, it's a win. Do you know what I mean? Like, and... It's not a bad habit to get into. Um, we have suffered from new European hangovers two weeks in a row now. So it was good to sort of buck that trend. Um, but yeah, listen, you'll find the players will pull their performance levels up tenfold on, on Wednesday. Yeah. Must be difficult after coming off the high against Luzerne to get yourself up for a to visit home. Yeah. It's not exactly a glamorous tag, is it? Yeah, like you say, Greg, we, we got we literally got the job done and we got into got into the into the hat for the next round. Liam, we obviously got St. Mirren at home, uh, albeit struggled obviously in that game two weeks ago. Probably wasn't a better draw really you could ask for maybe other than Ross County potentially Livingston at home. Um with it being eight premiership teams happy enough with the draw and expect us to get the job done. Aye. Expect to get the job done. I think happy, happy, happy enough. It's just have got through to the next round. Happy enough with the draw, but I think it's probably as much as you can ask for at this stage of the competition. I we could have got a couple of easier teams, but uh, I think the easiest draw went to someone else in the left in the Shock. competition. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> after the uh, really after they got some one. very favourable decisions at Ibrox at the weekend, um, but yes. Uh, no, no, I'm happy to still be in the competition. Like, I think League Cup's one of these ones where it gets interesting as you get close to Hamden. And obviously, there'll be quite a lot riding on that St. Marin game at home at the end of September because it'll be another trip to Hamden with a potential trophy on the line. So, yeah. and I, I, I'll get excited about League Cup then. Right now, it just feels like there's bigger fish to fry. There absolutely is. There absolutely... There's a whale think, to fry. I think the, the League Cup, for all its benefits of it being early in the season this second round just gets lost daily because you're just if you're in Europe you've got that to deal with but you get two league games in and the league cup comes around I know there's a lot of chat about the attendance and stuff and we've had a couple of questions in about that but I don't recall us ever playing a, a game in that round and the attendance being good at all it just it just sort of gets completely lost in the middle of the calendar um but Ryan happy, again just same question are you happy enough to do that we've got the got through and hopefully one game away from Hamden yeah, exactly that. It was just a case of get the job done, get over the line. Doesn't matter how you do it. Doesn't matter the way you play. Just make sure that you get the job done. Come ninety minutes. Um, but if if we're going to talk realistically, um, we could be out of Europe by next Wednesday. So we still we still want to be competing on on some Thursday. front. Thursday. Thursday. So oh, fuck, man. Forget it. Forget it. My days are all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, say, say, say we're out of Europe after the Aston Villa game. We still want to be focusing on something that's going to give us all a, a, that buzz. And I think Liam touched on there, that, that Hamden trip, you know, that we're used to every year, it's, it's irreplaceable. The fact we didn't get it last year just kind of leaves you kind of craving a bit more for it, you know? Like, yeah. the days out are unbelievable. And I think uh, it's still important to take these competitions seriously. So it was just a matter of getting the job done. So is that next game, might yeah. not be in Europe. We can play a stronger squad. We can get into the semi-final and take all those hooligans to Hamden. 
<laughs> right, uh, we're going to move on to your questions for us. We've had a couple come in on YouTube while we've been uh, on, on air, if you like. Uh, Hibs1991, Cups are fixed. What other domestic Cups are sponsored by the TV channel that broadcasts them? Hey, well, don't know your name, but who says you're wrong? Uh, Simon Payton, uh, I disagree with the McGinn sentiment. He's a legend for the Cup win, speaks highly of our club, and the Scottish Cup win is still the highlight of his career. And he openly says that up there with Sozy, etc. for me. Um, and then the question, we've had a question come in from Ewan Denham. Is Lee Johnson, the CEO, being pally detrimental to the club's success? I think this is because they, were, they went to a festival show or something together on Sunday night. Uh, I'm going to come out and say personally I don't particularly think it's an issue I would much rather my manager and CEO got on as opposed to what at Lockerheads would be my view on it um, anyone got any alternating view on that yeah I disagree with it I think it should be I, I think it should be a strictly professional relationship I think that could blur your vision and your decision making when it comes to making hard choices to do with the manager Um that's just my view on it you know in any other workplace you know, it might be completely acceptable, but we're talking about a multi-million pound business here, and, and there's a lot, a lot at stake. Um, and no, like I say, I th- it mean, I didn't get invited too many. Right? <laughs> You'll find it in Birmingham. Oh wait. Oh. <laughs> Greg, you, Greg, you looked like you looked like you were going to uh, say something. Were you of a similar mindset to Ryan? Or? No, Ryan's miles off it. To be honest, I don't know why he's even said that. Um, uh, I, I, don't, I don't understand why the manager and the CEO would not be friendly. They they come into work and just hate each other all the time. Like. Who says that, man? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to be professional, mate. Like I just if his head needs to go uh, on the chopping block. Listen, if his head needs to go on the chopping block, it needs to go on the chopping block. I didn't want his pal saving his skin there. I don't think that would happen, but well, I, it has happened. I don't, I don't understand why you're getting rattled about it. It has um, happened. A friend's show with the manager, like. I didn't send the question in. I don't know what the French shot was meant to see before I answer the question. Aye, because when I went after that. (laughs) Friends with benefits. (laughs) Liam, pick your fighter, Ryan or Greg? Ah, Greg, every time, eh? No. You and me and Greg's on, I'll still pick Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Pick Greg over Ryan. (laughs) Right, um, so I've had a a real wide-ranging questions, and worth noting you can send us questions on Instagram as well. Ryan, you've had a couple of them come in, is that Uh, correct? uh, I've got one, Uh, but I do want to say that thanks to a couple of people that have been big supporters of us on Instagram, Lewis Young, he's always on the likes and uh, the messages so appreciate the support and the other one is Billy Young is it Billy Young? Yeah yeah. yeah Billy Young yeah he's been messaging back and forth the correspondence last couple of days so it's much appreciated um, I've got a question here from Hibs Fan Zone I think it is um, what will happen with the defence lacking the depth especially in the fullback areas as the season progresses? Well fuck knows uh, we've, we've, we are down to Miller at right back. Well, Greg, you said Mego impressed on Sunday, but to the point where you'd be comfortable with him starting four or five league games if Miller went out? Nah, not 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 that level. Um, but I did think Harbottle was good to be fair. Uh, I don't think he lost a lost a battle all day. So uh was still for coming in on his debut and, and performing well, um, obviously against the league opposition, but gonna beat what's in front of you. Um mm. Megwa is good, but he's not at the level where I'd be confident of him starting over Lewis Miller. Uh, so, yeah. 
have we seen anything uh, to suggest that Jordan Obita could play at left back if Stevenson was to go out? Nope. So we need another left back as well. Unless he wants to chuck one of McIntyre brothers in. Um, but I'd, yeah, I don't know if there's a lot of movement in that area. So it's kind of lose Stevenson or bust. Um, Obita probably could do a job at, at, at left back, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. I don't think he'd be as effective. Chicken, Chicken, the type of players need sign. Need sign a prime Dennis Irwin. Can play right back and left back. That's what he needs to sign. Genuinely, because we didn't have a right back or left back as cover. So see if you can just get a guy that can play both Dennis Irwin. Just get him in. I think we need to win. Win still do a job. We get someone that can cover take the a six as well. well. Yeah, probably good. I'm pretty sure Fergie played Dennis Irwin in the six from time to time. Terrific sign for. <laughs> Can we, Even bring, now. Uh, can we bring Dennis Evans' roommate as well? <laughs> I said, already got him. Already got gonna, him. He's right here. <laughs> I'm just going to say, um, Ryan, I think you hit you and Denham's uh, sentiment perfectly because he's in the YouTube comments saying, Ryan is right, full stop. That was the that was a full point there. So, uh, he obviously, uh, Ewan obviously wasn't best impressed uh, with. No, listen, it's fair enough, right? Weren't nice out and all the rest of it. But I mean, I don't hang about with my boss. There's a professional boundary there. Like there is. There. What hang about you, mate? <laughs> I, no, no, <laughs> my, my boss is my mum, but don't tell anybody. Like, but she doesn't want me around the house in that tone of it work. So, right, we're just going to battle through these Twitter questions. Uh, so, like every week, you can send them in to us if you wish. Uh, JPG White, given that Derek McInnes led Kelly ninth last season, how long would he last at Hibs with the same results? I think he's obviously then comparing it to what they're doing this year, Liam. Five minutes. Derek McInnes. Derek McInnes would be a very good Hibs manager in a parallel universe in which Hibernian were a different football club from the one that we are. He would be very good in a parallel universe, but unfortunately we don't exist in a parallel universe. Um, we right. exist in Leith, mainly. Um, and I, I, I do think that would be very difficult for Derek McInnes because... His, it's not folk get really hung up on style of football and it's not it's not style of football is part of it but it's it, it, it lacks imagination you know how a Derek McInnes team is going to set up you know the way they are going to play and when they are winning games it is fine but when you when you're no longer winning games you do not get time and patience Kelly fans don't go to football with an expectation of style of play being anything other than the way that Kelly have played as long as I've been alive it's just different. It just wouldn't work. Yeah. I think mean, we would all agree there. Like, I agree. Derek McInnes could do a job at Easter Road that he's done at He's a good manager. But... Aye, he's, he's a good manager. Like, he, 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 he pretty much everywhere he's been, I think, other than, is it Millwall or Bristol City down south? Bristol. Bristol City, aye. Yeah, yeah. um, everywhere he's been, he's, he's done a good job. But, yeah, not for aye. me. No, nah, I think I agree there. Uh, Greg, you got any different opinions, Ryan? I know you said in the last five minutes with the results. Uh, yeah, I, d- I just want to give context, uh, context to that. I think Liam's what he said. I think the fan base probably wouldn't accept the style of play, although that's uh, an overused word now. I think managers probably adapt to what they've got. Um, he probably could play a better style of play than what he's got at Kelly based on the squad we've got. But I just think he would be hounded out a bit like Jack Ross. After a bad run of form, the football's a bit turgid and the fan base kind of turns. So, yep. yeah, it wouldn't last, unfortunately. Nick? No, wouldn't want him. Right. Wouldn't want him anywhere 
other club, to be honest. I, for obvious reasons, eh, Greg? <laughs> no, 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 I just, I just don't think his football is good enough. Like, we, we, all he does is sit in constantly. Like, that's that's his game plan, is just to sit in. Would not work. Would not right. want it. Liam, do you want to have a wee rebuttal there? Let's take your eye. No, 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 I don't, no, 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 but I just like, just think about his strengths as a, as a, a manager and what he'd bring to the table. I think maybe later on down the line he'd be suited to potentially a sort of director of football type role. I think he generally recruits pretty well for the mould of player that he wants to get. I know you'd yeah. probably turn your nose up at some of the players he's had at Aberdeen and, and Kelly in more recent years, but I think he generally, you look at the business he's done this summer, well, I would suggest probably all of them are going to be hits. Maybe one okay. or two that won't. They're definitely the ones that are looking at you that you'd expect to go in there and play regularly. You're, you're mm. fairly confident that they're going to do the job. Well, Robbie Deeds, for example, Hibs Hearts Aberdeen should have taken a chance on him. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And, there's other, and there's, there's other good examples there this season. Eight, yeah, I, anyway, it's just, I don't know what. Aye, it's, yes. Too friendly. Aye, let, let, let's, let's, let's try and bat a few yeah. some of these. Uh, let's make it a wee quick fire uh, round of questions. This one isn't exactly the most uh, upbeat. Dawson, um, how long does the manager get when we get hammered on Wednesday, put on another poor show against Livingston, then get hammered again at Villa Park? Because let's be honest, the first seven competitive games, apart from the second half against Luzerne, I'm assuming he means at home, have been uninspired and shown by the crowd on Sunday. Um, that's one way of looking at things. For me, I, I disagree sort of entirely with the sentiment. Um but I do think the Livingston game is huge. I think the Livingston game is massive um, because I don't think we can afford to go to Aberdeen with zero points on the board. I don't even think we can really afford to go with one point. Um, but I think all the Luzerne games, you know, over the two legs were pretty good. Um, and I, like I said, personally, like I said earlier, that's League Cup second round never draws a big crowd. Um but yeah, if we were to get studied in all of them, um, like Dawson's question asks, how long would he get? Um, sorry, go Can I just say uh, about the attendance? Do you know, we, we've had, I think it's six games in about 15, 16 days, but only one of them has been part of your season ticket. We've had two European away ties. We've had two home European ties, which you have to pay separately for. We've had an away game at Motherwell. We've had a League Cup game. You've got to think of the financial um, aspect of this. You know, there's a lot of money that people have been putting out. And uh, the Villa tickets just came out today for home. So when you consider how much money, travel, you know, if people are taking their families and stuff like that, I think um, sometimes there can be a bit of context around the attendance. We need to think about that. And I agree with you entirely there, mate. Yeah. I was actually quite this? glad the attendance was pretty low yesterday because I meant I could get any help here. Uh, <laughs> and then enjoy a fair few it was a tip bipsy by the time I got home but uh, <laughs> a good day nonetheless but no nah, I think um, look the league the, the league is a priority absolutely a priority and, and obviously getting to cup semi-finals etc um, I, I don't really want to put a number on how, how long it'll last I don't think it's worth talking about because clearly if uh, Having been cancelled, I've got the French shows, and he's not leaving at all. So, you know, I, I don't really think it adds value discussing or, or speculating yep. uh, how long a manager's tenure will be. Um, and I think we, we've said that, and that is a party line that will follow. Yeah. Um, 
Aye, so next question, Liam, unless you've got any burning to say on that one. Um, Scotty said, where do we need to strengthen still? For me, left-back, if a beat is to play further forward. And central mids, we've already touched on left-back, and I think we spoke in depth about central midfield last week. Uh, and then did Megwa do enough to convince that he can play right-back in the league this year? And obviously, Greg, you've sort of suggested otherwise. Um, so other than the three positions, then potentially right-back, left-back, centre-mid, are they just the three positions we see, or is there somewhere else for you guys that you would still like us to see? Look at a right back, centre back, yeah, right back, left back, centre back, eh, centre mid. Sorry, and I, I know we've been linked to one today. This Papi Habib Gouy, um, in Cortrike out in Belgium. I, I, I wouldn't be averse to seeing us by another forward, and if I'm being honest, uh, I know we've got a few on the books, but I do think perhaps we do need to bring in a different type. I referred back to it a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the style of football. I think if we're going to play a bit more long ball football, we need to actually invest in a proper target, man. Yeah. Play long ball I football. Think, I think that... Ha- so there's a, the next question is literally from Aaron saying thoughts on a new striker coming in. So Liam, obviously you feel like you need one. I think Footy Scotland have said that that doesn't... that there's nothing in the links. Um, oh, there's no... Um, but, but obviously Greg and, and Ryan... Liam obviously thinks that we do need another striker. Um, would would you agree with that? For me, I think we need a winger more urgently. Um, Aye, sorry. And fall down. I don't know what the, not the trendy term for it is uh, now with all these new newfangled ones, but I suppose an attacker that can play in the final third. Yeah, um, yeah a winger, right winger, left winger, whatever you want to call it. Um, but definitely a centre mid, at least one. Um, and at least one fullback that, like Liam says, can play can play both sides. Are we now looking at? So are we now looking at cover though? Like, are we fairly comfortable with the strongest eleven that we can put out, or are we still looking for quality in the in the fullback areas and about the midfield especially? I think one of the fullbacks needs to be a starter, to be honest. Yeah, and Lewis Miller's showed up well, hasn't he? But. He's been very good in the game to show him, but the manager's maybe shown that he doesn't really trust him. So I do think, and, and I'll be honest, I think a left back, I think we need a very different type of left back to left back that Lewis Stevenson is now. Um, Stevenson's been great, and I would still still be comfortable in playing minutes, but I do, I do think we need someone who's a bit more attack minded. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, any better just to add to, again to that, I think your strongest 11 right now, two of them are out with long-term injuries, uh, Cadden and, and Levitt. So you're using your cover currently to Aye. obviously Aye. you know compensate for those injuries. But um, I don't think as a fan you'll ever be really content with the strength and depth of the squad. You always want more. But definitely 100% the full-back areas, even more so the left-hand side for me. I mean, there's priorities for different people all over the place. I'm a wee bit more defence-minded. I, I think we really need a left back. And that's no slight on Stevenson. I just think going forward, we, we need something different that can add to the team, rotate when they need to for certain games. Uh, but yeah, left backs, paramount. Fair enough. Um, not, not quite sure where we're going with this question, to be honest with you. Do we get an independent foreign ref- referee, question mark, fed up with personal interpretation of rules? That's from Vincent Doherty. Um, I think we do in Europe. I think we do in Europe. Aye. I, thought, I have Europe to say, back. I think the refs in Europe have actually been all right. I don't know. The referee, uh, the away Lausanne game was poor. Oh, no, I, I, sorry. I, he was poor. Uh, the, the, the missing the boil decision. 
Um, okay. I oh. felt like the referee in the first leg as well um, just didn't get the cards out early enough. And he started to then use his cards as a weapon at the end of the game. There's so many pullbacks for stopping counting attacks. There wasn't any particularly bad challenges, but just lots of really niggly things to stop play. And I felt he made the odd for his own back view of that. Um, so can't really say I remember too much about the referee against the Andorran side. I, I, I thought the ref in the first leg was all right. Was, was all right. I used to wrote, um, but to be fair, I did completely forget about the what should have been red card for bringing Boyle down uh, in, in the second leg. I think you've got to remember the tackle on Miller's are red. Aye. No, I think you've got to remember we're playing in the third tier of European competition, so we're not getting the creme de la creme of referees for Europe. You know, we're probably getting yeah. the fifth or sixth best referees in all the circumstances. Well, probably not even Billy Collins, probably getting fucking, what's his name? Napier. Napier, Napier. Napier definitely. If it was a Greek Napier, he'd have definitely got the red card in my mouth. Right, Scott Miller. Oh, wait, here, right. So here we go. This is a chain here. So this actually, Greg, this came in for your uncle. Just how pissed was Specky and Lazerne. Now, unfortunately, he's not here to neither confirm nor deny, but I think we've all seen enough photographic <laughs> evidence to suggest he was uh, in a worse state than what we've ever seen of him. Because yeah, I think he was at, absolutely blotto. Um, yeah. Mental, you know, he was. In, in the UK, they've got that law that you're not really meant to serve someone after a certain point, which you you know, it's kind of like a barman's responsibility. Unfortunately, Harry, that point comes after two pints. Harry must yeah. be the biggest lightweight I've ever met. I mean, that's coming for a guy who has got himself in some states over the years, but Harry is definitely the biggest lightweight I know, and, and by quite some distance. Yeah, I'll, I'll change that perception. I'm going to change that perception in Birmingham, by the way, Liam. Just to let you know, man, I get pissed after about half a pint. Eh? It's been a while, so uh, good luck. I think on Harry's, on Harry's defence, maybe his general upbeat, happy character anyway, when you throw a couple of pints in there, it just it takes it up to ten, like a thousand, so you, and you maybe think he's worse than what he is, potentially. I don't know about it being upbeat, and uh, yeah, he comes across to me like a mum that's had too many gin and tonics. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear! Right, um, Merck sixty seven has uh, sorry. So Lee's this was actually about the new striker saying can he play centre midfield, and then Merck sixty seven said midfielder on the way. Young lad could be out from twelve weeks best case to six to nine months. Uh, so I'm assuming that's Dylan Levitt. I've not heard anything to suggest that, but if it is, that would be a blow because it was another significant investment that the the, cl- the the club have made this summer so to sort of not see that on the pitch uh, for well six to nine months would be almost the entire season that would, that would be a mm-hmm. massive blow mm-hmm. um, right Mason Forrest is playing Thursday and Sunday too much for our players or is that a poor excuse for the performances um, can it be both like no. like can it be both no, can it be just... a bit stretching but also a poor excuse like because Oh, well, it's absolutely a bit stretching, but it's not an excuse. Right, okay. Fatigue's not an excuse. Right, so a poor excuse, that's because, what said. Because there is no fatigue, and we've already established that. So, yeah. He, <laughs> our manager uses buzzwords and expects him to pass off his excuses, but they're not. Um, but look, don't get me wrong, it is a bit stretching, but then at the moment after, after yesterday's game, see the players are, are buzzing for... Two games a week, so so what one is it? Are they are they buzzing or are they fatigued? Because you can't be both. Yeah, I see. Uh, so that's what I was saying. Mason said, or is it a poor excuse? 
So I think it's sort of both of them. I think it probably is a stretch. And but to suggest that the performances couldn't have been better because of going Thursday to Sunday. I don't know. Liam, you look deep in thought there. That's no, like the football which I do train and play games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ryan, have yep, we seen I... have we seen some shortcomings in the squad over the sort of last three Sundays? you've got to look at a couple of ways as well like you, you play your 38 games of the season and you compete to finish in that European place and then when you get it you moan that it's too many games so you kind of think to yourself what is the purpose in qualifying if we're not happy about it and then on the flip side there's, there's players that get paid a lot less and uh, you know a more obscure league down in league 2 and league 1 and they play like 46 games a season I mean come on they're getting paid half the wage that you guys are and, and the facilities won't be as good and the sports science but um, shortcomings in the squad I think the injuries have probably caught up with us at the wrong time we've been really unfortunate obviously with Levitt Cadden is still out from last season and Jake Dalhays unfortunately has got another knock but I, I, yeah I think you need to build a squad that you can rotate with confidence um, I, we made six changes on yesterday but I, I didn't think we've seen a lot of young players in there or, or guys that hadn't featured much to be honest with you so it's quite a small tight squad at the minute um, I was really disappointed that McAllister wasn't on the bench and didn't feature yesterday. It would have been a perfect opportunity to give him minutes again, mm-hmm. um, given given the fact that we really don't have any depth in midfield. I know he's lightweight, but technically gifted and could could play a part in some of the games. But yeah. I think I think on the Championship the League Two point, I think it's a it's a valid comparison. But ultimately, everyone's in the same boat then, aren't they? Like, and, and we're not, you know, Livingston are not competing in Europe this season. Um, so I know, I don't, I, don't, I, know. I, don't, I don't think it's, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not I, trying to give the team excuses, but I don't think it's a level playing field in Scotland. You know, you've got two clubs who dwarf everyone else financially and can afford to go out and spend the money they've spent this summer on, on players and probably have got a squad that is capable of competing twice a week, but we don't. Um, so, like, well, Aberdeen, it could be an excuse because both game teams will have. No, sorry, it can't be an excuse in Aberdeen because both teams all played on the Thursday night, for instance. Aye, aye, I think absolutely. I think it was just more like from a from a manager's mentality point of view, like you're mm-hmm. in the game to play games. As you said, hit the nail on the head, would you rather train or play games? I mean, this is where you want to be at. Players want to play two games a week because it means you're in competitions. Um, so, but uh, the, I think Paul Hanlon came out as well. Sorry? Yes. Okay. It's all this type of games well. The, the two yeah. games against Villa are going to be extremely taxing for us because we're going to be suffering yeah, <laughs> a lot of generous games. Right, uh, Jeff Ashton has sort of rolled our last three talking points all into one. We're suddenly looking like looking light in midfield with Levitt, Doyle, Hayes, Cadden injured and Campbell looks to be carrying some sort of knock. Time to splash the Euro cash on a midfielder. Uh, I think we all agree, yes, there is definitely a need there. Uh, would we say potentially two, by the way? You know, Liam, you said you, you wanted a six. If we could move you and Henderson um, out. If we could move you and Henderson out, I would want a more attacking style midfielder to come in yeah. or just sign up more of an all-rounder and give those minutes so those opportunities to McAllister and Malotnikov. Um, you know, we talk about putting our money on the pitch, maybe we don't need another body in there, but we do. I mean, I think that's the, the elephant in the room is there's, there's two or three that I think the club are actively trying to move off the wage bill. Um, and in, in the moment, perhaps unsurprisingly, there's not any takers there. But it was quite telling that well, Tavares, again, wasn't on the bench and Henderson didn't get off the bench yesterday either, did he? So... Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Jeff also said pleasure to meet DTS's numero uno podcaster in Lisbon. by the way well Jeff you're the numero uno persona non, non grata now um, but Speck is not here to enjoy that I was, I I was the in right Switzerland 
<laughs> don't know, he's on a bit, man. I was in Switzerland. Right, uh, Cannon Hannon, do we bother going as it seems they stay at homers aren't going because we're going to get gubbed? Should we have given Villa the full away stand because I don't think we will fill our three? Um, I've not actually seen much about people saying they're not going. Um, I think we'll probably do as much chance as we can sell at home. Um, mm. I, think, so. I think so. Yeah, no, I think I think so. I think I mm. think so. I think we'll probably start. I think we'll probably have. There'll probably be Hibs fans in the south south stand. I would think. Do you think so? I agree. I think there might be a stumbling block with kickoff time. So whether folk are there for kickoff or not, it's one yeah. thing. But I think there'll be a bit of big attendance. It's a glamour tie, like it's the biggest game in Europe for a long time. So um, I would hope that we've sold as as much to a sellout as we can. I think it will be a sellout because John good job against some cover for you though. So. <laughs> I mean, it probably doesn't help that they're not going on general sale until ten o'clock tomorrow morning. I know, like, but like, just yeah. like it's, it's it's short notice as well. But uh, I'd be a bit disappointed if it didn't get close to it. Um, I know, like, when we try to avoid criticizing attendances because we understand the the circumstances. We absolutely do. We all have our own varying circumstances, but. It feels like a game that would normally get close to selling out, if not sold out. The, cr- the crowd against Lausanne was very poor. You know, the, the atmosphere they created was great, but the overall number of tickets sold, I think, for a game of that magnitude was very poor. Mm. Caveat that we just be off St Madden in the manner that we had? or I don't think it has yeah, that big an impact. Right, uh, Richard. Do we start both of the awful duo, Campbell and Jago, in a midfield five with Newell, Yuan and Boyle? Or do we go for a risky 4-4-2 against Villa? So that's a midfield five. That is that like four at the back, I guess. But we don't talk mm. about formations anymore. Don't like them anymore. Uh, <laughs> Campbell, Jago and Newell. Is that the midfield three that uh, we're starting tomorrow night? Uh, Wednesday night, sorry. Yes, maybe going to have to be if they're all fit, isn't it? There's nobody else that's a starter that's fit. Doyle Hayes is out, Levitt's out, the two guys that you would maybe put in the renewal. So that's all you've got available, really. If it was uh, just a two in midfield, who gets the nod alongside Jonio? No chances at two. Aye, and it would be it would be uh, that player called Not Jago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if it was a two, it'd probably have to be Campbell. Um, but it's not going to be a two. I, I mean, it's I think there'd be a case where I played Del Ferrier in a game like this. I do. Okay. No, you, 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 you hate his guts, you. <laughs> <laughs> you actually actively said that you really, really strongly dislike him. I but, really, um, really have this. Did he play yesterday? Did he play yesterday? No. Save it up. Save it up by Wednesday. Right, well, he's still got. Even if he plays on Wednesday, he's still got four more games for him after that to come right. <laughs> um, yeah. And and midfield Liam, and and midfield Liam, or I, I think so. I think I think he's the sort of combative third midfielder. Jago uh, set uh, sort of act defensively seems to need to kind of sit off and and scream rather than go and attack the ball. Um, not a criticism, it's just a style as a defensive midfielder. I think we need someone who's actually going to go and try and regain possession. Um, it'll be very very difficult against John McGinnell. So. Delferio, I think, has got the right the right body shape. And he's got the athleticism to do it. Right, so we've, had, we've got a couple of questions here about songs. Um, 
Fats Prickers, how many cars has Jordan Obita bought in the last in the past fortnight? Uh, and 150k on Hanlon Hill, a super tortellano raging that he's lost his song. And Stephen, do we get a video of Harry's new ALF song to go with his Melkerson one? Ah, I, I can't claim to have heard Harry's new song, so uh, we'll investigate and, and, and see what that is. And most definitely, they'll get a video of it. But Jordan Obita, and finally, John Newell has a song. Uh, I've seen another junior song as hell today that uh, I'm all over. Wow. Wow. Good. Uh, uh, very good. Don song's very good as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Is it, um, who was it? Was it Dave Graham and Chris Finn that were talking about the Joe Neal song? Uh, uh, go, and, go and find their Twitter feeds and find it. Fucking, oh, works beautifully. But the Venti song is very good. The Venti song is very good. Uh, anyone got an idea about this Adam LaFondra song that Harry's? A, um, made up. No right. idea. So it's it's, to be fair, Harry made up, so it's going to be absolutely toilet. <laughs> I think this guy's just trying to, try to create commotion in order for Harry to cripple peer pressure and make a song. Can we <laughs> petition to get Harry to record it again in the uh, spirit of the Cookie Monster? Uh, <laughs> is, he, is he bedroom in London with a hips badge in the back coming in and out <laughs> right um, just a couple last questions um, this from Venti's Plenty uh, the Rangers fielded a team which didn't contain one Scottish player at the weekend how long before Hibs follows suit with this and Twitter murmurs about singing Sunshine on Leaf before every second match I'm a bit worried we're less than five seasons away from becoming a tourist league um mm. I don't think Hibs... Uh, I mean, I suppose we could get to a place where we don't have a Scottish player in the team, but I don't think it would be by design. You know, I don't think we would actively do it. I don't, I don't think that'll ever happen, to be honest. I really don't. Mm. No. It could, no, could be possible. So. Could we actually piece that together with the current squad? Like, is there, is there a make-up that that could happen? I don't know. I think it would require quite a lot of players to be out for that not to happen. It would require mm-hmm. Hanlon, Stevenson, Marshall, Boyle, certainly all not to play. Mm-hmm. Then you've got um, Campbell, Henderson, Marshall. Marshall. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're a while away from that. I know he said within five seasons. As for the Sunshine Only thing, um, I don't I don't know where this is started from. I think I've seen a couple of people saying we should or shouldn't sing it before the game tomorrow. Um, Am I no. speaking on behalf of all of us when I say we, we, we shouldn't sing it before the game tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Special occasions only. Ewan, can I just say about the, the Scottish players as well? I think it's like a fibre of our DNA that, you know, we pride ourselves in trying to bring youth through and we've seen it over the years, maybe not so much in recent years. But we like to see our young players get a chance at this club, homegrown talent. And I think as fans, I, I don't know, myself especially, I'd be a bit disappointed if we kind of veered away from that. I love seeing young players coming through and making a debut and making a stamp on the team and going on for money like Josh Doyle did. Right, no, no, absolutely, mate. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, right, we have finished on a pretty downbeat question, but typical down the slope question here. Not, but uh, absolutely not on purpose. Dave Graham, Harry met Matty Jack in Lucerne. Would Matty Jack right now be a better option than Jimmy Jago? Listen, the position's named after Matty Jack, so answers it for itself. Let's <laughs> um, take that silence. Um, and, and Greg and Liam don't seem to be wanting to come in on that. However, I have to say... I would, um, 
I would actually like to, to thank Dave Graham um, for his positive feedback on the curtains yesterday. Uh, he was very complimentary um, and didn't embarrass me in front, in front of my guests so I appreciate that Dave my guest and uh, <laughs> Matty Jack would absolutely get him Matthew over Jimmy Jago and even if Matty Jack had his hands and legs tied together he'd still be a Matty behind a Jimmy Jago yeah. uh, there's <coughs> just been a couple more YouTube comments come in before we wrap up if anyone wants to jump in on them uh, David Young, a false nine or a modern day term in terms of what we're looking for in the forward line uh, we need to play games, all football players would provide the same answer and he's also said that the kickoff time and live on BBC will probably impact the crowd do we think Do we think both of the factors will have an impact on it? Yeah, yeah, I, think, I think the first one will I don't think the second one will to be honest because <clears throat> if, you, if you can make it you'll be there yeah, mm-hmm. uh, David's other final point but Villa are missing Coutinho major blow according to one newspaper today that headline made me chuckle how will, how will Unai Emery cope with the loss I don't even, I don't even think Coutinho's been in a game has he I don't how think you think Wilson going to cope with the loss ah, ex-Liverpool star no he's on the bench and then the only other comment in there is from Gavin Dick. We need a right-footed Joe Newell. I mean, right. aye, that would be okay. lovely eh? if you could just have two Joe Newells in there. We, we do need a bit more balance, though, don't we? Yeah. We, we, do. I see it. we probably need a Kyle McGuinness type. I was, mate, I was just about to say it. He's just started, what, four games on the spinner sand for Kelly. Looks Seven like games in a row he's played for Kelly. I mean, and, and on that a is getting into pitch. uncharted waters. That is uncharted waters he's getting into. Right. Maybe no, maybe what? plastic pitches are the, the are the way to cure all ills now. And Melkerson could come back and be scoring goals for fun because I've seen he scored oh. on his debut in Norway last night, did he? No doubt that was mate. on a plastic pitch and all. They've all got plastic pitches in Norway, mate. That's just due to the climate and stuff like that. Right, but maybe, like did you never listen to reindeer hot dog? <laughs> here's a here's a short thread telling you exactly why Hibs are going to be Aston Villa on Wednesday night. Uh, and on that note, I think we shall leave it here. Thank you very much for joining us again. We will be back uh, next Monday reviewing, hopefully, a Hibs European night to remember and three points in the league against Livingston. Cheers. Thank you.